2: Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast for yet another of these interminable weeks we keep having. Uh, I'm joined by Dale Driver. Yes, 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 yes. And Simon, catchphraseless cardi.
3: Hello. Can't, <laughs> can't do it now, can I? That's wonderful. Can't well have anything nice though. in this world these days. <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: Uh, hello boys, eight ten. All right. Is this sound? All right. Just thought we'd have a little. A little bubble. <laughs> <laughs> A little bubble? <laughs> yeah, that's what... Is um, that what i I remembered uh, Danny Dyer's laugh. incredible... Uh, incredible uh, Who Do You Think We Are episode. Do you ever watch yeah. that? No, I haven't do yeah, you think I
0: you mean, are? Yeah. Um, one of the best the bits king. of TV I've seen. I mean, I do love Danny Dyer on TV. <laughs> Ahead of, like,
2: the Bros documentaries, the first time <laughs> since that episode that I've truly enjoyed television. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's has got a drawbridge. Yeah. (laughs) But in that episode, he goes, he finds out essentially he's related to royalty. It's incredible. Um, And it made me, single-handedly, that hour of programming made me love Danny Dyer.
0: Having... Fully hated him beforehand. What, um, what was the one where he was talking about aliens in the sky and he, and he called them that mob up there? Oh, yeah. But well, that's, that's it. His
2: turn. I think he's fully self aware about what he is yeah, yeah, and yeah. what he does. I even. like
3: 20 called David Cameron a twat. Yeah, that was good. And no. um, uh, what was the
2: amazing tweet? Can't believe it's been. X years since the, since them slags crashed a plane into the Twin Towers. He knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, but in that episode, he uh, talks about going to a Lord's house and he says, I'm off to have a bit of bubble with a Lord. And that's stuck in my head forever. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I often
3: think of Danny Dyer when I think of you. Do you? No.
2: Oh, I think of uh, Charlie Hunnam when I think of you. Really? It's football time. Uh, <laughs>
3: I've got green. a better I've got a better accent than that. So, yeah, a yeah. little bit. Well, it's actually mine. So. Anyway, yeah. let's
2: stop talking about these things and talk <laughs> about this thing, which is The Kid Who Would Be King. Because this is sort of a half a special sort mm. of a bit. You've seen that film. I've seen that film. It's the new film by Joe Cornish, film director and podcast legend and personal hero of mine, who will later be interviewed at length by me. Where I sound a bit out of breath at the start because I am excited about it. Um, I'm very excited to hear it, Joe. I wasn't in that day, so I'm is, very excited. It, he's fucking brilliant. Um, I love Joe Cornish, and I was a bit worried that he might not be because he's famous for podcasts. Yeah, and he's a man whose head, whose voice has been in my head for 15 years. That's like what mm. are you going to say about his head? His head is massive, um, but he. And there was something very uncanny about listening back to the podcast, because it sounded like I'd done a big super
3: cut of things
2: he'd said with me replying to him, because oh I'm so mm. used to him talking that hearing my voice next to it feels
3: wrong. Do you know what? Yeah. Taller than I expected.
2: He's massive.
3: Yeah. That's he's very than tall. Me. He's a bit taller than Joe. A good couple what, like, inches taller than Joe, I'd say. 6'2", I'd say 6'4". I'd say he's three, about 6'4". Six six four. Four. Oh. You can Ooh, check. A there's, a little,
2: there's a little photo of us. Yeah. I just want to put it out there because a few people asked on Twitter. We didn't talk about the Doodle story. That's someone else's podcast (laughs) content. He wouldn't have talked about it. I will say, if you haven't seen it, uh, if you don't know about it, just ignore this whole bit. Um, If you haven't seen it, if you know what the Doodle story is, Adam Buxton posted a picture of the Doodle. It's fucking incredible. It is a good Doodle. Um, (laughs) But we didn't get into that. What we did get into immediately was that we sound the same according to lots of people in my life. What and, did he think of that? Well, I'll let you wait. Why doesn't out. he
3: explain himself,
2: Joe? But before we get to the interview, because <laughs> I'm I'm excited about even talking about the fact that there is an interview in this, and I've done that. Um, "Kiddie Would Be King" is uh, his new movie, and it's a strange one. is definitely pitched younger than yeah. "Attack the Block," which I think because you go, oh, they're both films about a young cast fighting sort of fantasy stuff in london yeah Mm -mm. i had it in my head like oh those two things will be sort of on par in tone but he quite early in our interview talks about the fact that it's for seven to 13 year olds like it's a kid's film designed for kids and like he wants adults to enjoy it my experience as an adult watching what it was that it was good whenever their kids weren't speaking oh like it's a really it's a surprisingly competent action film quite a lot of the time like Genuinely really good sword fights, Okay, which I wasn't expecting at all. There's like great fight choreography in here. And it has this sense of, um, basically the story is, Kid finds the sword in the stone in a uh, sort of building site in London. Of course. And yeah. he finds out that he's whatever, new Arthur. They never, I forgot to bring this up, they never get into the fact that he is meant to be the new king of England. Wow. <laughs> and the queen is definitely still around. They oh mention God. the royal family. Is that family. the
3: sequel? You just... Kills, kills the, the queen. queen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope so. That'd be great. Um <laughs> Do they go back into do they Is it like Lord of the Rings at the start where they do a backstory of the store? They do. A
2: brilliant thing, which is like a cell shaded animation. So he's got a storybook of the the legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Right. But it's told through this like mad moving storybook animation. It's brilliant. Like I was watching it, I said I think I say in the interview, I was like, I would play this game. Like <laughs> yeah. it looks wicked. Mm. Um and so it gives you that little backstory. He finds the sword in the stone. He pulls it out. Uh, he gets his mates on side. He gets some bullies on side. They form the new knights of the round table. Nice. But what happens is that um, every night at 1am, time stops and everyone who doesn't hasn't been knighted by him disappears. Oh so God. London's just empty. And then these fucking mad, like flaming skull monster knights <laughs> come out of the ground and attack him. And There are these succession of like really good action scenes, um, but what connects them is like Grange Hill level dialogue. Uh, what mm. like acting? But you don't like. But you don't
0: like that part of it. No, it sounds, sounds, No, I love mm. the action scenes. I just don't like the bits connecting them do you where not they haven't a, nice, a nice contrast of like Grange Hill style mixed with this ridiculous, overtop CGI monster fight. I think
2: if I was a kid, I would be well into it, and I'd be paying less attention to the fact that the best friend character seemingly has never acted in his life yeah <laughs> I think
3: you're, when you're a kid you don't care about stuff like that no. like yeah. I'm I've like it sounds quite similar to like when I was a kid I was obsessed with the page master the film oh I love it's the incredible. page master I bet the acting in that film is oh terrible That's if <laughs> right. I went back
2: that's where I learned the word cranial. Oh, there you There's go. A bit where he says no cranial damage about himself, Bill
3: Macaulay. But um, yeah, I imagine it's got that sort of vibe. And yeah, if I was nine, I'd probably love it. Yeah, and but there is a, it builds up. He he talked about it quite
2: openly. It builds up to a scene at the end where because they show this in the trailers, he like gets the whole school on side basically. Yeah. And there is a siege in which knights attack a school, and it's basically like Home Alone, like they've rigged the school using stuff from the school to oh be a medieval castle They should castle have just got siege. Macaulay Culkin
3: in, it's, by the sounds of It's I mean.
2: fucking wicked. Oh, like okay. I was just watching it being like, Jesus, this is brilliant. <laughs> I know Joe Cornish directed it, but did he write the script as well? He did, yeah. So oh, it's based okay. on an idea he had as a kid. And he's just kept it ever since That's until amazing. he got the chance to actually mm. write
3: it. God, I wish I had good ideas. I know, it'd be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah.
2: Um, I was reading a thing, uh, Rolling Stone did a cover story with Jordan Peele, uh, mm. came out yesterday at the time of recording, and he talks about how he's got this like whole notebook of ideas because he spent a few years high all the time and just wrote down all his mad <laughs> ideas. And he's like, thanks, high me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all my films ever. Um, I was trying to, There's something else about Kid Who Would Be King that was fun. I can't remember it. What's the Adam Buxton cameo like? The Adam Buxton cameo is uh, more extended than Attack the Block, but unfortunately slightly... He's not that funny. He's just sort of there. And he only does a silly voice for like a second. It made me a bit sad. That was what I was going to say. It does a really good job of what... One of my favourite things about Attack the Block was how it uses like unfashionable London architecture Mm -hmm. as a thing. So in that, the giant tower block was meant to resemble the Nostromo and it was yeah. shot you know in really stylized ways. And in this one, your bog standard like boxy school, it like they use it as a castle. And by the end you're like, oh yeah, it's cool. just the castle. Like it's it's a really nice mm-hmm. it sounds like, like, it, like, use of stuff. It sounds like it's a great popcorn
0: film. Then. Yeah, it's uh, like really it's, good
2: fun. It's super inventive. Um I just I just the kids. Apart from Andy Circus's son, who's the lead. It's just not They're not that good okay. It's not It's not like when I don't think any of these guys Are going to be in the next Star Wars Let me right, say that much okay, Like he okay. hasn't discovered A new a new Boyega Did here. it
3: just make you Yearn for the days Of childlike wonder Joe You it, say it, that to me every day I do You I, do I, yearn I for those know. days How are you doing this morning Just yearning man Just, just still yearning, yearning. <laughs> I wish I was a child It was so much simpler But anyway No one wants to listen well, to me, you want to listen to me <laughs> yeah. not eat, to talk about kid would be
2: king anymore? Let's listen to Joe Cornish talk about it right bloody now. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. That's quite all right. Um, I'm going to start with the big question, the one that everyone's asking. Yes, um, people for the last, I would say, 15 years of my life have been telling me intermittently that I sound like you, really, and I kind of want to just Get that over with. Do you think I sound like you? Yes, I do. Oh God, (laughs) I've been telling people. What do you want me to say? Well, I just want. (laughs) I kind of wanted this to be proof that I'm not doing some strange sort of hackneyed impression of you. I think
1: people say that me and Louis and Adam sound similar Mm. because we spent many years together, and then I think. Part of what has, the only other thing I can think that's affected my voice is Radio 4 voice training. Oh, okay. Have you ever done BBC voice training? I haven't, no. But I've listened to a lot of Radio 4. So there's a secret behind that stuff. What they, they, they tell you, I went to this training session. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear this? Yes, I do. I'd love this to. This woman got a piece of A4 paper. She said, do you have a pet? I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I have a cat. She got this piece of paper and she tore the two top corners off it and stuck them to the microphone shield. Okay. And said, imagine you're talking to your cat. And then she said, also imagine that you're sleeping next to someone and their head is on the pillow beside you. And that's how much you have to project. Only as much as you would when you talk. And do you hear what I'm doing with my voice there? It's beautiful. It's very, very soothing. (laughs) And that is the secret to Radio 4. Interesting. It's basically like being soothed to sleep with traumatic political news. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being yeah. gently patronised. a weird sort of somerish, like out of um, uh, Brave New World, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, a weird sort of uh, soporific
2: lullaby. And that's what contributes to making you sound like me. <laughs> that's what we've maybe, come maybe to. Maybe <laughs> you just have the same dulcet uh,
1: bed, bedroom tones. That must have happened. Um, to be honest... Maybe they're not bedroom tones. I'm,
2: I'd like to think they are. Yeah. Probably I'm not sure. Like potting shed. <laughs> just, <laughs> just out of the way. No Toilet one wants times. to hear it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off that because I would talk about, you know, the two of us forever. Um, mm. Let's go with the, the standard questions we ask all our guests. Okay. Simple as, what's your favourite game, movie and TV series?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say, what's my favourite game movie?
2: Game movie. Well, go for that. Well what
1: is be tough. Well, what is the, what is the Uwe Bole one? Oh, he did, um, uh, he did the blood, blood Rain? No, no, the, the uh, zombie one. Oh, the zombie one. He ones. did a zombie one, which is incredible. Was it House of the Dead? House of the Dead. Yeah. That
2: is an Based extra- on, extraordinary film. on an arcade game with an already. Yeah,
1: and I think with, with movie adaptations of video games, you've got to go low to, to, mm-hmm. to find something yeah. really solidly worthwhile, don't, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think... So you, could, you dig right deep underneath the whole thing, and there you find House of the Dead, directed yeah. by is that the right way
2: to say that it? That's exactly <laughs> correct he um famously challenged a critic to a boxing that's match right, didn't yeah. he that was him yeah. was that about house of the dead maybe I, I don't know that was really good yeah
1: yeah he's he's bad value for money <laughs> okay but so my favorite my all-time favorite game mm. Ooh, well i'd say recently it's probably the zelda game on the switch oh, breath of the wild breath of the wild i think that's incredible which was fantastic um, I'd say probably that game. Yeah, yeah? I think so. I've had a similar... Golden oh, GoldenEye. I mean, I loved oh, GoldenEye. Yeah. I used to adore GoldenEye on the N64. Do you have any preferred modes? Just normal mode. Just normal. I don't know, but I like Big Head mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Head mode was good. Uh, yeah, but gold, I'd say GoldenEye and Zelda are the, are the games that I think I've played. Oh, and I really like Just Cause 3? 3.
2: Three. Yeah, because we were talking about game. four before we started. Yeah, I'm so having what, what, trouble with four. What what made three so, so stick out so much? It's just for incredibly you. enjoyable. Yeah, incredibly good
1: fun. And you know, a game for me is really good when you forget the physicality of playing it. Mm-hmm. When you're all the, I mean, this is an obvious thing to say, but when all the button machinations are completely, uh, uh, you know, uh, subconscious. Yeah, and that you just bec- transmute yourself into that. Into
2: that strange polygon. Yeah,
1: and you're just in the game. And the way, particularly in Just Cause 3, uh, he uses the grapple hook to rush through, you know, the way you just zoom through the depth of the image Mm. is super hypnotic, I think. (laughs) So you Uh, just grappled around... I grapple what it, around. I blow stuff up. I completely destroyed the fascist hunter. Yeah, well, in wherever the heck that I was. I should hope so. If it's your to favorite the extent game. that I wanted it to come back. <laughs> Just, well, because <laughs> it was more fun with the fascist hunter. <laughs> but I'm having trouble with the new one. Mm. You were saying, yeah, that <laughs> it's, I don't know it's how a bit broken. Move. It seems to be a bit, bit broken, and I don't know how to move. It's got a weird new interface mm. where you've got to set your. Oh the grapple mods and all No of no it. no you got no. to you've got to set your um front line Oh and yes move your yeah, tree. Yeah. I do I'm stuck on that I do not which means I'm stuck on the first level It is oddly <laughs> um I literally don't I look at that screen I do not know what
2: I'm supposed to do and it, I just give up It seems to be an oddly complex like skill upgrade tree like it's right. just a map but Behind it are all the guns you want, which seems like an odd decision. Really? Just show me the guns. I've got to go much on some sort of IGN walkthrough. If we can do sort of Radio Four training, but for Just Cause Four, that absolutely, we can get it organized. Thank you. Um, do you have a movie and TV series that you? My favorite Your movie. Your favorite. Well, that's always a
1: toughie, isn't yeah. it? Um, Your favorite right now. My favorite right now. I really in love. I really in loved. I'm really in love with. <laughs> I loved uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh yes. Uh, I like that a lot. And then in terms of sort of sophisticated European stuff, I tell you a movie I saw recently that I loved. And mm. this is an old movie, right? Okay. With uh, Dirk Bogart called Damn the Defiant. I don't know Damn it's the Defiant. It's a big cinemascope uh, seafaring movie. Mm-hmm. And do you know sometimes when you stumble upon an old movie... And it's just incredibly good. And it just works. It just and clicks it works, out yeah, Man, this is just amazingly... This is as good as the best new release, if yeah. not better. Because the storytelling is really solid. I had that. Characters are meaty. I had that recently with...
2: Ah, um, oh, jo- is it Jodie Foster Contact? That's a good movie. I just came That's one, across that. one of my favourites. I, I think someone... I'd watched... I loved Arrival. Um, yeah. And... Came across that because someone had said, oh, it's, you yeah. know, it's, it feels like a sort of spiritual successor. Robert Zemeckis. Oh, just brilliant. It's really good. He does amazing stuff with um, depth. Yes. And, uh, like, and just the madness of the end of it when, when it fully gets into, this is what it's like being in an alien yes. ship. Oh, my God. Yeah. They've thought this all through. And when she
1: meets her dad on yes. the beach.
2: Yes. Very the begin- just the beginning of that movie is incredible. It's so good. going through time and space. Anyway, yeah. we're not here to talk about Contact. I apologize. We're I'm here happy to, talk. to talk about Contact. <laughs> well, maybe we'll come back to it. Okay. Um, but we're talking about the kid who would be king. Yes. Your new movie, yes, which I saw the other day. I oh, enjoyed. Good. It was. I I didn't realize because I'd watched the trailers. Mm. I didn't realize how much of an action film it is. Like yeah, I, that, that wasn't. But that was a really pleasant surprise. It hadn't. I hadn't quite got into into that space beforehand and then right. has proper sword fights happening. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's sort
1: of an action film for kids. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a kid's movie, so mm. it's aimed at sort of 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, mm. yeah. and their parents, mm. who maybe have in their brains a sort of the, the wonder of a child. Mm, you'd hope so. <laughs> and hopefully it's good for, you know, movie fans as well. Well, I enjoyed it. Um, good, And thank I am you. a movie fan. Good. Confirmed. But, yeah, it's full of battles and yes. action. And I can't think of another movie that has, you know, the point of the movie was really to hark back to films I'd seen as a kid, films mm. that for kids that have kids in them. Yes. And I felt there weren't many movies like that around anymore. You get mostly grown-ups in spandex yeah. or cartoon dogs mm. or cartoon people and i used to love movies with four kids with kids in them like seeing yourself
2: yes in the action
1: yeah. when you're young so that was the idea and i haven't really seen a film with this much action in it because in harry potter they sort of point ones mm. and say things but in this one there's a massive army of kids in armor fighting mm. undead knights and there's
2: proper battle action i wouldn't i wouldn't I don't want to kind of get into the specifics because we're not in a spoiler chat mm. but the there there is a final <laughs> sequence that reminded me simultaneously of Lord of the Rings and Home Alone and right I thought it was fantastic <laughs> That's a good combo It was really yeah. Well there's really a big good. siege
1: at the end yes. with with the, with the kids in their school um and they have to use in a sort of slightly sort of um I'd say Lord of the Rings, Strokes and Trinians. Okay. They yep, have yep. to use what they have in the school to f- to defend it from mm. all these undead knights. Uh, and yeah, that was really good fun to film. That must have been amazing to film. Yeah. Like,
2: I, What's the logistics of that? Did you have to... Was that a real school
1: you were in? Or it's a combination of a real school called the Ark Academy in Putney mm-hmm. uh, and a big set we built of the rooftop. Oh, yeah. And then sets we built for the corridors... And then stuff done on the back lot. With sequences like that, you just you have to break them down. Yes. And uh, and into little pieces and then you just nibble them off one mm. by one with a bunch of choreography and things going wrong and Well, well nibbled. It was very <laughs> well nibbled. I love a nice nibble. Uh, <laughs> it's like
2: a movie carrot. I was I was gonna ask sort of where did you start with this? Because it is such a big mix of ideas as you've alluded to there like what was the jumping off point for you well the jumping off point was the idea of a normal
1: British kid finding the sword in the stone Mm. which is an idea I had when I was 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. and I saw E.T. at the cinema Mm. the film about the little alien man yes
2: I'm aware of E.T.
1: and uh, I also saw in the same year Mm. Uh, John Borman's Excalibur, because it was a period oh, right. in the 80s when VHS videos were new mm-hmm. and there was no certification. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, legislation is always behind innovation. Mm. Uh, and so uh, that was the case with VHS. So there was a little window where kids could rent anything. Mm-hmm. So one night I rented Zombie Flesh Eaters, <laughs> The Exorcist, Alan Parker's Fame, and John Borman's Excalibur. That's a good one. What a night. (laughs) Uh, And Excalibur, you know, they all had a very traumatic effect on me, but Excalibur in particular because it felt like a science fiction film. Mm. It's set in the ancient past, but it's so bizarre and otherworldly that it feels like it could be the future. And it's full of all sorts of stuff that a child of my age shouldn't be seeing. Mm. Helen Mirren getting all fruity, (laughs) uh, people lopping each other's heads off. Um, It it was a real smorgasbord of transgression and Mm. excitement. Uh, So in my little brain, I was always thinking of movie ideas. So I thought, oh, it'd be a good idea to do a wish-fulfillment movie like Mm E.T., but have a kid find The Sword and the Stone. And so when he finds The Sword and the Stone, all this other stuff ensues from him pulling it. Mm. He wakes up all these medieval nasties that try and come and get him. (laughs) And I guess when you do an adventure quest movie, you're, you're sort of automatically... And if you're doing that and you're setting it in the real world, you're automatically Mm. going to have to make reference to all the stuff that would be in the character's brains, Mm. like Lord of the Rings and um, Star Wars and Potter and stuff. So these are kids that in the film, they live in the world where those things exist. Mm. And part of the story, in fact, is how their narrative diverges from what they're led to believe should happen in, yes. in stories like that. Yeah, That's a really long answer. I, I loved it.
2: Cheers to you. Bye. I'll, I'll ask you a really long question whilst you yeah. take a sip. Um, I think that's, you, you hit upon something I've been sort of increasingly thinking about recently, which is there seems to be a trickle of kids' films that respect kids a bit more than they used to. You were talking about people in spandex and, and cartoons, but we we do seem to be building a middle ground that sort of draws on both sides in a way. So I thought Into the Spider-Verse, if I saw yeah. that as a kid, I would have gone insane. I just, yeah. like, I would have... I mean, I haven't seen anything like it now, and yeah. I'm aged. Do you think so. it owed quite a bit to Jet Set Radio, that oh,
1: Oh, uh, 100%. I that, was watching it thinking, this reminds me of a Dreamcast game. I think it's
2: that one. And it's the, the feeling of... that That odd feeling of... Which actually Kidderwood King has at the start as well of sort of living, like a living comic, a living cartoon Mm. that becomes more fun to play because it's almost magical that it moves at all. Right. So that that idea of, I I would love a Spider-Verse game that could in some way replicate the effect of those images and the way they're presented to you. Um, I read an amazing thing about how they animate the characters every two frames, but every character is on a different frame interval. So they, they're ticking along at different sort of paces. Or not paces, but in yeah. different. Intros. The different styles
1: of all the different I'm, I'm not inc- an animator, incarnations. not an But I
2: thought that was yeah. amazing. And yeah, The, the Kid Who Would Be King starts with an intro, which had a very similar effect, where I was like, I would play this game if this was a game. The, it you, starts with the, his little
1: storybook coming to life. Mm. So it starts with two, uh, 90 seconds of animation by mm-hmm. this brilliant Spanish company that did all this stuff for A uh, Monster Calls. Oh, right. Yeah, really beautiful stuff. Yeah, that, that's hard work. I can imagine oh, they what, did a beautiful job
2: were you i mean sort of what's the difference in directing for that as opposed to directing the rest of that live action movie well the
1: plus point is you're just sitting in offices in air-conditioned mm-hmm. offices during <laughs> office hours uh looking at computer screens giving notes mm. but it's like it's like it's it's like thinking of an image in your head and then trying to go through a chain of Chinese whispers to get it right
2: done mm-hmm so you're sort of directing people's imaginations as opposed to their actions. Yeah, in yeah, a way. yeah.
1: And so you're so so inevitably the process is it's just they're getting it slightly wrong, mm. not because it's wrong, just because. So it's it's just no do that, no do that, no do that, no do that, and it's and sometimes it can become a bit um, tiring. Mm. But not to say they weren't brilliant; they were amazing, and often they do stuff that's better than you could ever have imagined it. And what they turned out was was really really good.
2: That's cool. And I mean, it's also after Attack the Block, which I'm sure many of our listeners will have will have seen. Um, it's your second time with a predominantly a like a youth cast. Yeah. What brought you back to that again? I don't know.
1: It's this this is definitely a younger cast mm. and it's, you know, Attack the Block was for teenagers yes. really, older teenagers. Mhm uh cuz it's got bad naughty things in it and this is for <laughs> this is for younger kids so it doesn't have any of the drug use or the throats being ripped out or the f bombs um i don't know i did try and get a bunch of movies off the ground between that and this that yes. did not have young people in them mm-hmm. but this i wrote based on that idea i had as a kid and it was always going to be that story and this is the one that for better or for worse came to fruition mm-hmm. So, I, you know, uh, I think that's it. It's just something that happens sort of organically rather than intentionally.
2: Right. I, I mean, I did. The, the one thing that really st- stuck out to me during that film was uh, we've got Louis Ashbourne Circus front and centre. Yes. Uh, son of Andy. Yes. And I did find myself occasionally going he reminds me of a monkey I once knew. Which <laughs> right. is like a, it's really odd to have a flash of like yeah. an animated character yeah. in other films yeah. from uh, Just a Young Child with a Sword, which is not something I expected going on. Yeah. great. Well, he's really brilliant,
1: mm. Louis. And in fact, one of the nice things about working with actors of this age is they're, they're really excited to be in the movie. It's yes. the same with Attack the Block. And, and, and I, I think sometimes it's more of a day's work mm. with older actors but it, it creates this energy on the set where it feels like a sort of um you know uh incredible opportunity mm. in this rare moment for everybody and um and louis is really brilliant really gifted really talented he's part of a cast with all sorts of different levels of experience yes yeah. so it was a real meritocracy when we cast we we were completely sort of blind to people's backgrounds and levels of experience but he did the most fantastic audition and then he's he's backed up by this brilliant kid called Dean Shamu and Tom mm-hmm. Taylor and Rihanna Doris. And then Angus Imry who plays this very um Eccentric, charismatic, younger version of Merlin, and he's on. He's from The Archers, isn't he? He's he is from The Archers. Yeah. I found that out as I was doing my research. I don't it's think like... he's been on it for a while. Oh, okay, right. But, um, he said. He said. I asked him about that. He said, "Well, they call you up at very short notice." Oh, really? What's his catch? Do you know what his character's no, name? No, I, I haven't committed that. To Let's memory. call him Archie. Okay, Archie. I doubt Archie. it is Archie. Archie Archers. <laughs> <laughs> but they go, Angus. Archie's being run through by a pitchfork this <laughs> afternoon. Get down to the studio. <laughs> And you're like, oh my God, and you have to... Um, foot. I'm not a listener to The Archers. I can't say I am either. Um, I love it, mm. but I love it sort of um, from a distance.
2: <laughs> but, uh, like yeah, an absent is indeed, father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I was about to go in a, a sort of reverie about The Archers, but that's yeah. not, worthwhile, not but it's worth too anyone's mu- time. Too
1: much. We did a thing about it on on the radio show once, because there's a lot of sighing in it. <laughs> yes. <sighs> <sighs>
2: oh Angie <what> the... <laughs> that's the best one a sigh that turns yeah, into a, to a, word. a word yeah that really so I did a cut down of an episode with just the sighing oh, I do remember it that sounded very erotic <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah I was a younger man and when I heard that for the yeah. first time and it had a powerful yeah. powerful effect on me sexy farming exactly um i so when I went into my screening it was in um it was in a room where they, they sort of have a security guard to take away your phone and sit with it to watch the film.
1: cannot be trusted.
2: No, absolutely not. I, yeah. I was planning on filming it. They nabbed me right at the last minute. Mm. But um, the security guard had said, um, it was he, he'd clearly been in a few. And I was like, oh, so how many times have you seen this? He was like, oh, this is my fourth time. And I was like, oh, wow, Like, what do you think? He was like, and he was very kind about yeah. it, I should say. He was, he was quite, quite an old man, and he went... Um, I can't remember ex- his exact words, but it was something along the lines of, oh, it reminds me of the good times, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which I thought oh. was re- a lovely pre-endorsement. Oh. But he also told me that um, John Boyega and Kathleen Kennedy had been in the screening room the day before. That's right. Where did watch. you see it then? It was the Dolby screening rooms in Soho. Oh, really? Sopo, okay. Which was lovely. Very good audiovisual experience, yes. I
1: should say. Yes. Um, Mixed in Dolby Atmos. so It yes. would have sounded very good did. Yeah, they did Didn't see it, and, and like Kathy in particular, Kathy Kennedy, who mm. produced the film about the little alien. Oh yes, and many others. <laughs> like her response was very important to me, and she was
2: she really responded well to it. That must be very cool to have yeah, have these, cool. these figures swirling around, and yeah. and John, of course, who you, your, yes. you gave him his big break.
1: Well, I did. I did. I guess I did give him his you big did. break. Yeah, but then um, he definitely took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm and yeah he liked it very much he said he emailed me and said um, there, w- there w- not enough kids got killed <laughs> he said like ah, should have done it like attack the block where a couple of them got the... in fact, a couple of reviews have said like Kitty Wi King is very bloodless uh the like what do they expect? yeah, there was a <laughs> moment. I'm not gonna have a kid walking around with like a massive gash and... <laughs> well when we watched... I mean, maybe they're saying I should have attended to that level of reality, but I think by the end of the
2: movie it becomes sort
1: of heightened
2: it would and, uh, be quite yeah. strange yeah. I, I was wondering about the <laughs> the siege section whether <laughs> whether we were about to embark on yes, the most well maybe kid-killing... maybe
1: if I do a special edition one day they'll I'll shoot some new scenes of like <laughs> Piles of
2: moaning young bodies and like children being carried away on stretches and stuff. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'd welcome it because that would be committing something to audio that could come back to haunt me. Yeah. But it sounds great. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering watching it if you agree with me that this is the first post-Brexit kids film. Because it does well, it loosely is the, yeah. grapple with some, you know, wider sort of div- division in society around it does you know that's more of that's a sort of coincidence because that's the legend
1: that mm. uh, king arthur arrives to unite a divided britain mm-hmm. and in the fifth century or whenever it was all the, there was no king and all the tribes were warring sorry i got a little lemon and ginger but <laughs> they were all warring and so so it's just a sort of um Coincidence, you know. Sometimes I worry about that because it's a fun, escapist, entertainment film. It's not mm. a, like a political lecture. No one's going to take their kids to see Benedict Cumberbatch in <laughs> the Brexit film. Not
2: that he's with in this, but you know, with what his I mean. big bald head, yeah, that'll be strange.
1: Uh, but it's def, you know, it was definitely like when I was a kid. When I thought of this in the '80s,
2: mm.
1: it was a comparatively depressing time to mm. some extent. The IRA were blowing people up all over the shop. Frankie Goes to Hollywood were, like, doing Two Tribes. So there was the threat of nuclear armageddon. You know, mm. Raymond Briggs' um, When the Wind Blows yes. was around. Tears for Fears Mad World was in the charts. <laughs> so even when you're a kid, even though your life is full of fun stuff and homework, yeah, you do get a little sense
2: of the adult world percolating through, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think that's what the film does as well. Yeah. It's, it's never addressed head-on in a in a, you know... <laughs> Article 50 has been passed, yes. which will be strange, but it does have a feeling of they're passing newspapers with the headlines that yeah. we would recognise well, from when today. When we designed
1: yeah. those those papers, we mm-hmm. had to think of the words that would ping out. Mm-hmm. And they're fairly broad words. It says war. It says chaos. It says division. Mm. And we had to write this sort of articles in case anyone in 4K like paused it to read <laughs> it. I like doing that with movies. If there's ever a – do you do that when someone holds up a page? I've, I've done it a
2: few times. I can't yeah. say I've thought about doing it in I every movie. I always do it because I
1: think it's always a little measure of um, how kind of uh, obsessive with detail they've been. Yeah. So if, any, if you see a page of a book, I'll pause it and read it.
2: How, what's, what's the best find you've ever made in a, a 4K read?
1: That is a, in deep question.: I would I'd love have to, I'd have to research, but usually so. people get it right. Sometimes you just get the same paragraph of text just mm. repeated over and over well, if it's let, a. But most people now you know thoroughly there's not like, Ipsum like there's no page stuff. in his book in this film. If you freeze frame it all, it all makes coherent mm-hmm. sense. And so you wrote all those newspapers? I did. Well, not, uh, the, his storybook I did, the newspapers okay. I didn't. But the point of this answer is mm. they're all stories like, when it says chaos, the story's actually about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> right. When it says division, it's just some random political thing. War, there's always a war happening somewhere. Yes. So you know what I mean? It just, it just um, hopefully it'll still work regardless of... The,
2: oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, but it certainly, yeah, I, I meant it more as, not that it's rooted in time, yeah. but just that it feels like it is grappling in some way with what what kids must be Well, feeling. it does yeah. feel like the world
1: could do with a bit more chivalry, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It could be with just a bit more a bit more decency and public discourse, a little bit more of an effort for people to get on with each other.
2: I'd be nicer to kids if they wore armour as well. Like, I think, I, I think I'd respect them more <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. tube and, you yeah. know... Uh, Kicking out time, or when it—that's yes. not called kicking out time. For, that's pubs. <laughs> that's not a school. What school. Did you go to? Yeah, well, it's pretty pretty Someone nuts. From the Bino. Ah, um, oh, yeah, I've had another.
1: Oh, yeah, I thought. I like by the way that you've drawn the. Um, I did draw the, the actual. I did viewers. draw the
2: actual logo. He's extended the uh, eye of Kid and the cake. Can Very you good. can you tell that maybe what I was doing was going? Oh no, I don't have enough questions. <laughs> what what will actually help Doodling. is if I doodle a bit. And you've played we directly just, into my hands. We can talk about video games more. That I should say want. that was when I was about five questions in. Not not all of these. Good. That's enough questions, I think. Um, the thing I was actually to get back to games in a way mm. there was there was a point at which I was going. The structure of the the because we've got a a sort of uh, day to day time limit for how long they have before uh, Morgana reemerges, and we have yeah, and we have a a sense of progression and all like. In my very game adult head, sort of leveling up each night is a harder challenge, and they have to get more yes. skills and sort of yes. level up throughout the film. Which afterwards, I kind of caught myself going, "Maybe that's just how films are made. Maybe that's narrative structure." Somebody and what I'm there doing was is... a
1: tweet that was going around. Somebody said uh, this: "This film is like a," and it was an acronym I didn't know. A, J-R-P-
2: a JRPG. A What does that stand for? A Japanese role-playing game. There so we go. Final Fantasy or and the like that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and there well, are elements of it that feel that way to me. That's good. I like that. Yeah,
1: but you know one of my all-time favorite movies is Die Hard, yes. starring Bruce Willis. <laughs> and that is like a video game in the best way. It oh, yeah. Sometimes people use that as an insult. like They're like, oh, this is like watching someone else play a video game. You know, It's all mm. action and you don't feel connected to the characters. Die Hard is very much not like that. But it's where the story structure is almost directly connected to the physical structure of the space. Mm. And because it's set in the building, all the levels are very del- delineated. Mm. Uh, and there's a sort of boss level. There are different levels of antagonism. So it starts with, uh, you know, with the um, a one cop car, then a bunch of cop cars, then the RV, then the helicopters. Mm. Um, so I really like that. I really like, I like video games. Yeah. And I like the unity of space, action and character um, yeah and I think the, as the diehard movies go on they become less good because they become more open world yeah absolutely and what they're really where well, they're really good when they're constrained to a limited location
2: just cause 4 wouldn't be a
1: good film essentially <laughs> what you want is a do you think i bet it's in development just cause 4 no you because you'd have to replicate all the broken things <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, just... someone should do that and in fact the, the game of the film of snow crash you know neil stevenson yes. that i've been attached to for yonks that has all sorts of elements where um i wanted to try and fold in glitches and brokenness mm. into a movie because if you had an entirely photorealistic virtual world, mm-hmm. but it still behaved uh, technically and mathematically in the way that a video game world did, mm. like what would wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, where you could actually go underground and see, you know when when you get thrown out of video game, yeah, world, you could you like, clip it.
2: out of the yeah the ter- clipping out. The, you you the know all the
1: terminology, yeah. Right. Like if you had cheat codes where collision detection was switched mm-hmm. off. I don't want to say too much because someone's going to steal all this. <laughs> but I don't know if that'll ever happen. But um, but it just seems like a massively um, like an open goal for somebody to do that because all video game players know that mm. they know they're familiar with that but for some reason nobody's put it in i think there is a movie being developed where someone realizes they're a character in a video game and they're kind of stuck
2: i thought ready player one had a sort of solid grasp of that kind of thing maybe less so on the, the it didn't breaking really glitch, the world though, did it? no but the, there were elements of be, you know, people being able to sort of turn on flying and that kind of thing—that's that's almost right. like god mode in a in yeah. a cheat or something. But then that just sort of ends up in the same world as a superhero movie. Yes. Whereas yeah. it's it's to
1: do all the peculiar geometric stuff mm. and all the stuff that breaks the laws of physics. And screws around with them in a in a mathematical way that I think would be good. Mm. I,
2: I am a huge Snow Crash fan. I would love mm. to know where you are at with that, because that was a very exciting day when I saw your was, name attached it? to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I we I, I wrote a screenplay that Neil Stevenson really loved and we all really loved, but Paramount it was for Paramount and mm-hmm. they were going through weird times. Right. And I think in the end they decided to finance Ghost in the Shell instead. They I thought think that well, was we could probably only make one big cyberpunk movie. Uh but Snow Crash is an ambitious thing, right? Mm. It's um it's it's quite clever. Yes. And it's <laughs> huge. It's got these two massive futuristic worlds folded into each other. Um it was really good fun to write. Mm. And I was really pleased with what I ended up with, but yeah, Paramount didn't go for it. So now it's sort of um a TV thing mm-hmm. where we've taken completely the opposite Uh, Instead of going for a massive budget thing, we've gone for a thing where it's actually all about the minutiae. Okay. Um, And we will see what happens with that. When
2: you say the minutiae, do you mean in terms of pulling those worlds apart rather than... Well, the idea of like...
1: Instead of doing a thing where a character walks up to a window and the camera pushes in and it's a sort of mm-hmm. blade runner, like, whoa, like you would be in what you think is a normal space, but it would be the way the, the surface of the water behaves in a glass right, okay. that would tell you whether it was virtual or real. Ah. Or it would be little nuances of, of exactly how your mobile phone interface worked. Mm-hmm. So the idea of, I mean, there's two, there's two types of movie, right? There's a massive blockbuster, mm. and then there's something like... Um, have you ever seen a film called A Man Escaped? No, I haven't. A French film by which is all about a guy trying to escape from prison using a spoon. Okay. And it's so detailed that it's equally epic. Right. And and that's what I mean by minutiae. Every it it focuses on tiny th- it focuses in on tiny things. It's to such f- a brilliant extent that it becomes It's like when Hitchcock says, you know, you did lifeboat, you know, the mm. idea that you can make a movie in it's the way you
2: tell the story rather than where the story's set. It's almost Atomic or molecular in exactly, some way, yeah, yeah. Because there's all that yeah. chaos. So the movie see. version
1: of Snow Crash was the was the big version. Mm-hmm. But the TV version would be um, the very the, the the small version where it's just little
2: morsels of detail that right. gradually build. That sounds excellent. When when can we see that? <laughs> I <don't>, never, probably. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If we get enough people just saying please, would yeah. that be all right? Would I that don't work?
1: know. Yeah, maybe.
2: Go on then. I mean, there's a
1: few people that listen to this. That'd be great. It's written. It's being written by uh, Michael Bacall. I've been oh, okay. working with him, who wrote um, Scott Pilgrim, yes, um, Twenty One Jump Street, and uh, and uh, all sorts of very brilliant, things. amazing, it's very clever. That would be brilliant,
2: man. All right, everyone, please just email someone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who is it still Paramount? Do we need to email them? Who do do we email about this? It would have to be one of the telly people, one of the the streamy people. All right, I'll set up a mailing list. We'll get it sorted. (laughs) Don't worry about (laughs) it. Thank you. Good. Um, And I think we're creeping up on time. So we have one last question that we also ask all our guests, Mm. which is, have you seen The Prestige?
1: I have. Okay, I've got stuff to say. Why? Is there another question? No, Just do you like it? Yes. so what I would recommend with The Prestige Mm -hmm. is the book is incredible. I read the book long before I saw the film. The book is fantastic but the book is written by Christopher Priest. There's a book about the book, also written by Christopher Priest. It's 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 you can get it on secondhand bookshops. I think it was a small mm-hmm. print run, but it's about Christopher Priest's experience of writing the book and then his experience of having it turned into a film oh, wow. by Christopher Nolan. Okay. And what that is like for an author because there's there's lots of differences and there's some fundamental differences between the book and the film mm. that Christopher Priest does not appreciate. Right. And he goes into great detail about why and what the experience was like and stuff like what it – because he's, he, he's quite a mature guy, Christopher Priest. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book a while ago. And so when the film came out, it was his introduction to online movie nerdism. Right. And so it's also about his journey as an author being pulled into this world of movie fans and online analysis. Wow. And it's – I think it's called The Magic. I might okay. be wrong but but if you're into that movie oh 100% and you love the novel then that is the third thing you have to have Christopher Priest's book about the experience of having his book
2: turn into a movie that's the most informative answer we've ever had to that question <laughs> we're just sort of Thank collectively you. obsessed with the prestige to yeah. the point where we almost as like an in joke did a screening at the end of last really? year to a, to an audience of some people who'd seen it and some people who hadn't was but. that
1: Bowie's last
2: role i don't know if it was his l- oh I can't. I, I haven't post, thought about that. It was post Zoolander. I'm sure he must have done some right. strange art film afterwards. Right,
1: but maybe it was his last feature. film. I think around. it might have we'd been have his last big one. one. Yeah. We had
2: Andy Serkis in here as well and talked very movingly about working with David Bowie, who was apparently obsessed with. Um, they had you know the cats that they they clone. Um, he was obsessed right. with the little model versions of those cats really? they had to make, and apparently would just like go and play with them in what between takes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, though. <laughs> Sounded uh, excellent. Yeah, wow. We've managed to end two of our uh, guest podcasts interviews with mentions of Bowie and just feeling a bit sad about it all now, but that's all right. Thank you so much for coming in, Joe. Thanks for having me. I had a lovely it's time. It's been fun. So did I. Thank you. Kings.
3: Lots of kings.
2: Yes. And moving it You've you said... Sequ- can- four for me it's really thrown me. You can't have <laughs> kings without kingdoms. No. And or is so, it vice versa? And you can't have kings without... Them owning a heart, because they'll <laughs> die otherwise. Kingdom Hearts 3. We talked yes. about it a bit last week. We've now actually played it.
3: Yeah. We're going to have a brief chat about what I think so far. Yeah. I've played about eight hours. Mm. I like it. It's exactly what I remember of Kingdom Hearts 2. Fun. I like all the Disney stuff. As soon as anyone who looks human comes in and talks about hearts, I just lose interest. It's
2: fucking nonsense. <laughs> I, I played two hours yesterday. I, I would estimate maximum 45 minutes of that was me actually controlling the game, maybe yeah. half an hour, and that was after skipping the 20 minutes of cutscenes mm. at the start because I hell. just said, you know what? I kind of have a vague idea of the backstory. I'll just watch these on YouTube later. It's not going to set me up for this. Yeah. Um, as you pointed out, the game begins
3: with the title card saying Kingdom Hearts 2.9. Which I tweeted out like last week when the embargo dropped, and... A few people genuinely thought I was joking. Which I could, you could see that was <laughs> yeah, a joke. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't joking. I was, was actually really serious at once. Yeah. It
2: is a piss take. Like, <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura is a piss take. He's <laughs> a, a walking piss take. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. The fact that, like, having met the man, the mm. fact that Mickey Mouse dresses like Tetsuya Nomura in this uh, game yeah. is one of the biggest, like... This is... He is an egotist <laughs> yeah. of the highest order. And that goes... That, and that can cut both ways. Yeah. It's like... Kojima as well he believes so much in himself that he will always skew into complete Maniacal mm. bullshit But at least he has he he, games as well. yeah.
3: Yeah. But at least he has made some Absolutely brilliant games <laughs> just, like
2: Kingdom Hearts 3 When I'm actually allowed to play it Is yeah. brilliant
3: fun It and is really fun and
2: it is like a perfect mix Of action and RPG Like I'm really enjoying mm. Getting to grips The
3: first with it. half an hour is a slog It's about You get about three cinematics A music video oh. um, Four times the word Kingdom Hearts 3 comes up Yeah then 2.9. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, no. so I, I respect so much of what this game is because there can never be anything else like this again. Yeah. No. Because it's a, it was a contract signed 20 years ago when it wasn't clear what games would be. Mm. Yeah. And we're now here and it's insane. Yeah. Like, it's completely
3: <laughs> ridiculous. But it's the bad. overarching story just doesn't interest no. me whatsoever. But I do... The little vignettes in each world you get are... Nice. some of them are. I've done. I'm one and a half worlds, in. I won't say which ones, just in case. Yeah. people don't want that spoiler. Which one do you do? That a
0: spoiler as well. No, that's we out know there. That we There's seven right.
3: Disney worlds. Yeah, um, I've done one and a half. The first one, although I loved being there. The story is pretty weak and pointless i'm not gonna lie but can you
0: just skip every cutscene? is it possible to just yeah
3: you can yeah pretty much there's
0: a few bits
3: the the thing i only skipped the opening ones because i was
2: like i can watch these again and i know what they do yeah. and you've told me what they are yeah um i've watched everyone since then there are a few where if you skipped them you would lose your place so dramatically that and you you might actually miss sort of there's one where it introduces the little phone thing you get mm. like you get a phone you can take selfies and Take pictures of hidden Mickey's right. and stuff mm. like that, and I think if you didn't see that, and suddenly it was flashing up a tutorial for it, you might be a bit lost. Right. Okay. Which is annoying because then, there's a lot of <laughs> shite to get through. With, <laughs> there's so you many a
3: systems, and I mean, there's a lot of tutorials, but it actually needs more tutorials because
2: we were talking <laughs> the upgrade
3: like that. It doesn't tell you a lot, but I'm sure this is me. I've only ever played Kingdom Hearts two. If you've played every single game in between, you know these systems. So I think that these are all the Coleman, yeah, I know, just, but
0: <laughs> like that's how game.
3: these games are.
2: Yeah, but um, I really do want to get across. I know I'm being mean about it. I it's do really, really want to get across when you're allowed to play it. It's wicked. <laughs> yeah, like the the combat. I love uh, the the upgrade system that we were just talking about. Mm. It, I don't know if this has always been in Kingdom Hearts, but. The thing it reminds me of is Nier Automata, which has one of my favorite upgrade things, which is you earn abilities, but you only have a certain amount. In Nier, it's like hard drive space to install your abilities, Hmm. but you can uninstall basic stuff. So you could like, if you need like that one point (laughs) extra of stuff, you can go like, I don't really need a mini map. So you can just take your mini map away. And so in this, you can like uninstall moves if you want stronger moves or like little, you know, if you want treasure to be magnetized to you, you could be like, well, I don't really need like that bit of that combo. So yeah. I can just take that out and then I can add treasure magnet. And I'm oh, like, nice. that's really exciting. It doesn't fucking tell you that exists. I just found it by accident in a menu. <laughs> um, but then... The the attraction flow stuff. There's an early boss fight where you end up on a train, Mm. shooting fireworks out of the train spout, and it's like God knows why. It's yeah, no idea why, but it's one of the most spectacular (laughs) things I've seen in a game for the last year. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's
3: it's it is really really fun. It's just yeah.
0: (laughs) Didn't they at one point in Kingdom Hearts used in the past used to have loads of Square characters in, like, well, Final Fantasy characters? Yeah,
2: they allude to that in this. I think they kind of. Unless that's a big thing later on, it feels like they've just gone. You know what? A bit much. People want Disney. <laughs> but, uh, and that's yeah, all they want. But there yeah. is a bit. This early is the on. streamlined version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is- There's a bit early on where it alludes to the fact that, like, at one point, a guy was travelling around with Cloud from Seven and Oron yeah. from Eight, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that would be wicked, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd love to see Oron in this uh, in this engine." Um, but, but yeah, it's it looks incredible. Also, it's worth pointing out like the presentation's fantastic. Like the yeah. little everything from. When you earn uh when you sort of build up to a special move and your keyblade changes form and stuff like the little bits of UI that it creates for that, which are all mm. um like styled after the properties they come from right just looks so beautiful. like there's a genius graphic designer at least one yeah. maybe <laughs> um, on this game um, and what every time you visit a new world for the first time, it does these like amazing little um animated sort of um what would you call them like when like a, a location title cards up. like yeah. a title yeah. card for every, every location and every time one of those comes up I'm like fuck that's brilliant mm. and then it's someone talking yeah <laughs> you think you both are going to finish it oh. I couldn't tell you I'll that get, right
3: now I'll finish all the Disney worlds and then see where the story goes
2: <laughs> okay but I can see the, I'm going to I'm certainly pushing through for now just because
0: yeah I, I'm enjoying it when it's a thing. It's, there's an excitement about seeing the next world and exactly. seeing what that's got to exactly. offer as well. Yeah.
3: And if there's a point where I need to start grinding, then I'm not going to be interested because right. lo- I remember two and one. Um, I've been told about one. The difficulty spike near the end is absurd. Oh, really? I've heard it's not as bad in this one. I haven't one. read that in so, the yeah. reviews and stuff. So yeah, hopefully I can get through without being stuck at any point because I just want to see everything in it. I don't need to... Com- I'm not a completionist when it comes mm. to this game
0: because there's too much. (laughs) Um, Um, It's an interesting thing. Mm. Question for you, Cardi. Mm. How big are the eyes in Kingdom Hearts? (laughs) Are you trying to do a segue? (laughs) I'm setting you up, baby.
3: Really? Uh, I think you're talking about eyes because I've seen a film called Alita Battle Angel. (laughs) Robert Rodriguez's new film, a passion project from James Cameron. I think he's been wanting to make this... Since 2003? James Cameron
2: changes CGI multiple times and he's finally reached the, the extent of his powers. And do you know what? Bit bigger eyes. <laughs> the, see,
3: they've, they've reduced them since the original trailer because there was backlash. Because okay. they weren't it wasn't Yeah, it wasn't off-putting to me. I think one thing I love about this film is that it looks incredible. I saw it in 3D and it's James Cameron's technology that he's been making for his 3D documentaries. Right. Okay. And it's some of the best 3D I've seen because it's not... An, it's, avoid a pun it's not in your face as much as Mm, you know there's not obvious parts where things are flying at your face it's actually used for depth depth, depth, yeah like some of the giant landscapes are incredible Mm. in 3d and basically if you don't know what this film is it's it's based on a manga from i don't know i think it's quite old like 80s or 70s i'm not i'm not a manga fan um but um it's about so christoph waltz is this doctor guy who's kind of built this bionic girl from a brain he's found. <laughs> he's found a brain? <laughs> in a scrapyard and oh, he's kind okay. of rebuilt what? this girl and brought her back to life and she doesn't really know who she is okay. or what she was before.
0: Is it a bit like Ghost in the Shell?
3: Or? It's, I haven't seen Ghost in the Shell, okay. but it's it's that, you know, that thing of bionic cyborg. Yeah. Girl, Angry angry Pinocchio. Why has yeah. he
0: found a brain in a... What's a brain doing in a scrapyard? Look,
3: things have happened. Is, I it don't like know. A, is it like a slapstick scene where he's like taking a walk through the scrapyard and he goes, nah.
2: trips over it and
3: goes... <laughs> he kind of does... You see him pick an eye out of a rib, but this is the very open scene and he looks to his right and he just sees a full head. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mad film. Um, but I do think it's stunning. Some of the action scenes are incredible. Like One reminded me so much of the race scene from Ready Player One, oh, which yeah. is yeah. whatever you say about Ready Player on that scene I think is brilliant the way it all comes together
0: and the second act
3: fantastic it has parts to remind me of that but similar to The Kid Who Would Be King Mm. I think the dialogue and some of the acting lets it down so much Mm, like there's I think the lead uh, actress who plays it's a weird role because it's fully CGI but the face is odd it's a weird role to play but she's she's good Christoph Waltz is Christoph Waltz but a kinder version so it's, it, it's weird that Christoph Waltz sort of burst onto
2: the scene, at least in English language. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this yeah. guy's incredible.
3: And now the more I see him, I'm like,
2: oh, is he just like Alan Rickman? Yeah, he just yeah. does that?
3: He doesn't have a ton to do. Same. They've wasted some good people. Like, Jennifer Connelly is in it, but barely does anything. Mm, it's the most weird. one-dimensional mm-hmm. role. Uh, Mahersha Ali, who's arguably one of the best actors in the world at the moment, is made him look naff,
2: which is... You showed me one picture yeah. where he looks exactly like Morpheus. Yeah, it's
3: not good. <laughs> and it reminded
2: me of that Hannibal Bares bit in the Eric Andre show. It's a weird thing because
3: <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings about this film because there's so much of it in there that I do like, but it's like they're trying to... I think it's the first four books of the manga that mm-hmm. they've tried to make into this two-and-a-bit-hour film. And it feels so rushed. There's so many different things going on. And it ends quite obviously setting up a sequel. And I'm like, it's one of those where it could do really well and people love it. Or it could just completely flop and they're like, we're never seeing that sequel. I
0: mean, it comes out really soon, right? And I feel like there's no buzz around
3: No. It's Robert Rodriguez. So it's he does have this weird track record of highly successful kids' films like Spy Kids. Yeah. And then mad like ultra violent things like grindhouse and from Dust till dawn it's his first ever pg-13 film i was gonna say it doesn't so seem it's, like no like there's no violent. blood the blood in it's blue so there's oh, okay. it's like a i imagine it's a 12 A here i haven't looked but it's okay. it's that sort of thing and it looks incredible there's some good set pieces the fine's good but just the plot just and the dialogue not really no it's a shame it's yeah, a shame yeah but you know I think people will like it more than I did it's not necessarily my cup of tea as a (laughs) film anyway
0: I mean if you're a fan of the original manga as well like
3: I imagine there's a lot yeah I imagine if you've read that and you're a fan I think they've done an anime version as well if you've watched that I imagine there's lots of little nods and details like there's quite obviously bits where like she like puts some blood onto her cheeks and it's on the poster like I imagine that's a cool moment that you'll be like oh that's I Is finally it- seen that. Oh, like she like, yeah, there's little touches, which I was like, oh, they're quite obviously zooming in on this, but it means nothing to me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's the music? I I can't remember it. Okay. Yeah. I mean. do not <laughs> <did I> expect <laughs> the music
0: to be really cool. Uh, I don't
3: know why. No. It has that weird thing of all action films at the moment, like have a really cool last shot and then it cuts to the credits and there's this like big pop number, you know, like yeah, yeah. Black Panther did it well, I think. Mm. And what's another one I'm thinking of? It's happened recently with a lot of films, and yeah, it just cuts this like, like electronic hip hop, and you're like, this has not been in the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you okay. just trying to sell a thing? I believe it's by Dua Lipa. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, I'm not Dua up Lea to it. Is Dua Lipa. Yeah. But, but there we go. Kind of like
2: The Prestige.
3: Yes, which is <laughs> no, also, it is, it is also weird. a weird thing, but. Is it ever bad to have Tom York in anything? Absolutely not. No. But yeah, Battle, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'd say go see it because it's a spectacle and it's actually good in 3D. I was not, it's the one I used where I got to the screen and I was like, they were like, make sure you pick up your 3D glasses. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I, I'm feeling a little bit headachey already. <laughs> yeah. But But actually, yeah, it worked. Fair play to him.
2: I think if James Cameron's involved in the 3D film, you can generally feel kind of yeah. stuff about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Dale, Just not. hello. You're in charge of the endless search. I am. Our continuing hunt for a game that could possibly replace Keyword Countdown. Yes,
0: keep sending them in, by the way. Like, we do read them all, and we've got a backlog, but it's always <laughs> nice to get new ones. Most of
2: them aren't shite.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a few are. Okay. <laughs> and you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs>
3: What's this one called?
0: Uh, so, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So, well, the guy who sent it in. Not has got, got a Barry. jingle. Oh, we'll, we'll sort that out in a bit. All right. The guy who sent that in is called Barry Stevenson, and he'd never gave it a name, so we're going to have to give it a name. Okay. But this is what Barry said anyway. Hey guys, uh, we just had a game of this while I was working offshore to fill in some time while surveying a rope. Except, sorry? It says, while surveying a rope. Whilst offshore? Yeah. Barry, what
3: do you do? <laughs> surveying rope. Well, sounds like he works on boats. Uh, Offshore rope surveyor.
0: <laughs> we weren't doing it for points, but you could easily add a scoring aspect. I What, surveying a the rope? Oh, <laughs> um,
2: oh, bit thicker there. Two points to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. The uh, The idea of the game is to pick five quotes from a movie, starting with the most obscure lines and moving to something more obvious. You get five mm. points for guessing the movie on the first quote, then four, then three, etc. It's
2: weird. It's almost as if everyone has a structure for <laughs> scoring <laughs> in <laughs> mind on this
0: show. Uh, there's also this one, though. There's a chance of the bonus point if you can name the character that said the quote Ooh. for each one. Ooh. Uh, So he did an example. I'll just read it out. So five points. I'm going to hit you so hard when you wake up, your clothes will be out of fashion. That's good. Any idea? I don't Off know. So it's Brandon Walsh in The Goonies. And mm. the one point example was I'm setting booby traps. Which is a very obvious quote from the Goonies. If it you've it seen <laughs> the Goonies. I, haven't, <laughs> I have not seen the Goonies. Anyway, uh, so we need a name for this. And boys, you may not know this, but yeah. I love alliteration. Okay. So I've stepped <laughs> down. Dale Driver would dry the lid, wouldn't
2: he? Yeah. Absolutely. And now, I, wait, my suggestion I think will be worse than yours. So can I go first? Yes, go. I'm going to call it quote, 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 quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've gone for fit.
0: quality, quote, quiz. Quality, quote, quiz. Quality it's all right. Quote quiz. <laughs> you got a better yeah. suggestion? Uh, man, that, hey? Quality quote quiz. Uh, what fucker said it? <laughs> no,
2: that's five syllables as well.
0: What knob <laughs> said it? What knob <laughs> said, said it? Keep it clean, mate. <laughs> what knob said it is good. I do like that. Let's go with that. Okay, here's the jingle. What knob said it?
2: What Nob
0: it? It's what knob said it. Nob what?
2: No, said it. It's what? No, it? <laughs> What? No. <laughs> <You> said it. <laughs> oh.
0: Right. Okay. Are you ready, boys? Yeah. Remember, it's five points for the first one, one point for the last one. Bonus point if you get the actor, uh, the character who said it. Okay. Ooh, I'm and so there is a link. There is a link. There is a link. There's always a link. There's always a link. Always a link. Always a link. <laughs> Movie one. Did you come back to say you forgive me to save my soul? Oh, that does ring
3: a bell. It sounds like a lyric from a bad okay, song. song not yeah. Reading
0: it like I'm not performing. Is that from going, a Seal song? Save my soul. So, did you come Constantine? Back to s- no. Damn Did it. you come back to say forgive me to save my soul? By the way, I'm not actually. I'm. I'm not going to say no. I'm to just going to. If you soul. say the right one, I'll say yes.
3: Okay. Right. right.
0: Ghost. <laughs> actually, I will say no. <laughs> <I'll change laughs> your mind. Okay. So no one's getting that one. Next quote. No one's from nowhere. Back to the Future. No. No idea? Oh, this is... I feel like I know this. Next one. We're going to win this war, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love.
3: Oh, God, I know. This is so annoying. Edge of Tomorrow?
0: No. Saving
3: Saving product right. Ready Player One?
0: Nope. Okay, I'm moving on. (sighs) You think you can turn him? Pathetic, child. I cannot be betrayed. What? Oh, it's is it Force Awakens? No, uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. No, 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 no. Uh that's Cardi for two points. No, can you name one, the character no, said that?
3: Does the same person say them all? Or is it no? It's different. Okay, most times different. I know that. Uh, so it's sorry. It was the you think you can turn him.
0: It was. Do you think you could turn in a pathetic Snoke. Yes, it was Snoke. So you get three points, Cardi. Right. Wee. Last Jedi. Moving on to film number two. Don't think I would have got that. He is a knob as well. <laughs> I may not be a man of God, Reverend, but I know right and I know wrong, and I have the good grace to know which is which.
2: Fuck! Oh, I know this!
0: Gangs in New York? No. No. oh I'm gonna have to push you there
2: ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will be blood <laughs> just no. saying it no next um, one no. <laughs> oh. next quote everyone and their mums is packing around here oh hot fuzz. yes, yes hot fuzz. Uh, <laughs> you just and beat me what's to it name S- oh I can't remember his name no, no I don't no, it's D-C- DS Andy Cartwright yeah, yeah. So it's four or three is that Paddy Jog.
3: Considine's character or is it it's one, is one of the two it, Mustachie Boys it's it. Paddy Considine. yeah sw-
0: Moustache. okay and the other one do you want to know the other question? yeah 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 uh, absolutely have you ever fired a gun while in a high speed pursuit uh, drop in and see me sometime my discounts are criminal <laughs> oh it's and good isn't it two blokes and a fuckload of cutlery <laughs> <laughs> that is I, a good film I would have found that one quite hard the yeah. last one
3: I love that film it's so
0: um, good right movie number three just go, into ki- just go into the kitchen to get some food and then I'm going to tell you a story that will make your ball shrink into the size of raisins. <laughs> I feel like I, if I
3: knew this film, I'd know it from that. <sighs>
0: nah. Okay. We believe that fruits and vegetables have feelings, so we think <laughs> cooking is cruel. We only eat things that have already fallen off a tree or a bush that are, in fact, dead already.
3: Oh, I feel like I don't know this film. You might not what is this definitely sounds a like a comedy film. it's
0: a well-known film uh the next one it's as if i've taken love heroin and now i can't ever have it again
1: what
3: is this <laughs> i just don't think i know this film love heroin
0: right. i'm gonna push you boys it austin powers no it something? it's something like that okay <laughs> for two points everyone in the world knows who you are my mother has trouble remembering my name So everyone in the world knows who you are, but my mother has trouble remembering my name. Is this Mm. like Love Actually or something? Not Love Actually. Notting Notting Hill. Hill. It is Notting Hill. Who said that first? I think you just
3: crept (laughs) in. It's two
0: points. It felt felt very... Love Heroin really made me think Richard Curtis. Uh, I don't know any other character's Uh, It's William, which I believe is Hugh 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 Grant. uh, Two points to Joe. So it's 6-3 to Joe. Uh, The last one was, and don't forget, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her.
3: That's that's the only line I know from that film.
0: There's something about
2: the like, sort of fake, uh, the fake edginess of love yeah. heroine that made me go that's fucking Curtis <laughs> yeah
0: uh, movie number four just look at the face it's vacant with a hint of sadness like a drunk who's lost a bet oh no, no clues no 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 okay though no one though no one official is prepared to comment religious groups are calling it judgement day
3: independence oh. day no <sighs>
0: Mars Tax, Tax.
3: Oh, that's not sort a of weird um, that we both went for that we? 2012 the day
0: after tomorrow no, no, no. <laughs>
2: fuck I think I know this right.
0: Godzilla I'm going on to the next one for three points is it the world's end no mm. who died and made you fucking king of the zombies that's sure no dead Oh, was no. that Cardi that was Cardi three who says it Cardi uh, sorry what was the quote who died and made you fucking king of the zombies oh uh,
3: is it have, is it the Irish character no, I can't remember the name No,
0: it's Nick Froskow Is Ed. it? Yeah I, j- I honestly don't know any of their names in these films I know Nick sure. Angel and I know Sean <laughs> uh, The other quotes were As Mr. Sloan always says There's no I in team But there is an I in pie oh And there's God. also an I in meat pie And last one We're coming to get you, Barbara <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the most recognisable <laughs> The most recognisable <laughs> <The most recognizable laughs> ones one. mad That is really recognisable uh, it? I guess <laughs> it's purely off me What I remember Okay, so this is interesting. It's 6-6. Six, six. Oh, We're down to the final one. Goddamn. Someone called that a tie. The final movie. Wait, I didn't steal anything. I was returning something I stole.
3: Oh, I know this. I feel like I watched this in the last couple of
0: days. You can an answer? No. no. Okay, next one. All those years ago, you picked me. What did you see in me? Oh come on! <laughs> I, I watched this really I this recently. I think this is actually yeah. quite tough, isn't it? Turning. Okay, I'm going soul. on to the next one. You give godlike powers to everyone. It's gonna be chaos. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you give godlike powers to everyone. It's gonna be chaos. Bruce Almighty? No. <laughs> Watchmen? <laughs> no.
3: Oh, uh, Captain America. No.
0: Oh fuck! What is that? <laughs> I watched this really
3: recently and it's
0: bugging me so much. Is <laughs> it <was> The
2: Incredibles?
0: <laughs> no, I'm going to have to go on to the next one. One question. Is it too late to change the name? The Dark Knight? Batman? No. no. Like to everyone, to oh, it.
3: The Social Network? No. Oh, God. oh what is this? <laughs> I know what the, this You're is going like to change do me in. You're absolutely going to get it on the last one, by the way. Yeah. So it's too it's late gonna to change fight. the name.
0: The, name. Ready for the last one, boys? The Godlike Powers one is definitely one of... <laughs> Do not screw with the regulator. regulator Ghostbusters, no. If that regulator is compromised, you would go subatomic. Ant-Man. Yes, Cardi gets it. Who says it, Cardi? Uh, uh, Hank Pym. It is Hank Pym, two points. So six, eight, six. God, that was tense. What is the link? The movies were Ant-Man, Shaun of the Dead.
2: Edgar Wright's involved in all of them. No. Damn it. Ant Man, Shaun three of them. I can't remember Hill,
0: Hot Fuzz and The Last Jedi.
3: Ooh.
2: Notting Hill's
0: a weird outlier in that. So The Last Jedi, I think.
3: They all have characters in Joke that tap the block.
0: They and all Joe have Cornish. characters
3: Joe the Attack. Of I'm the block. sorry, I, uh, <laughs> actors that are in the Tat the Block or in mm. Joe Cornish films.
0: I feel like I'm going to give you that, Caddy. It's the link is that Joe Cornish has been involved in all no. of this. Right? Oh. Yes. Yes. You were so, so close, actor. Right? Hill.
3: Yeah. Of course. He was an extra in Notting Hill. Yeah. Didn't know that. Fair play to him. Yeah. You've taught it. me something, Dale. Not only have you entertained me, you've t- taught me. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Let's do some feedback, shall yes. we? Oh, feedback. Yes. I got the first piece here. Ooh, Dale. Right. <laughs> this is from Quinton from South Carolina. I like the name Quinton. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. Isn't it? it reminds me of like USC. Quentin Quentin <laughs> uh last week you were talking about movies not to watch with your parents. Hearing y'all I can't say y'all. Yes, hearing, you can hearing, did? You, all,
3: <laughs> hearing <laughs> you all Hearing Y'all
0: discussion <laughs> reminded me of memorable experiences along the same vein. When Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight was being released, you may remember they had a special seventy millimeter roadshow screening. While six of my friends and I drove around three and a half hours to the closest of the hundred theatres across the country to see the film in all its analogue and wide format glory. Fair play, Q. It was an amazing experience. The next day, my mum asked me how it was. I excitingly told her about how much of a great time I had, but failed to mention that I had mixed feelings about the film itself. (laughs) A few days later, she texted me to saying, that movie was really weird. (laughs) She unfortunately took my excitement about the experience as a recommendation to watch the movie with my stepfather. I, I unknowingly ignoring, sent my mother to watch Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Can't even say a sentence. Samuel Jackson orally rape another man on film. <laughs> Jesus. Do you know? What, I am um, I watched that. F-
3: I really like that film, and I watched it for the second time recently. I completely forgot about that whole story yes. Yes. and scene, that and, and that they the actually end. pretty much show it. as That's lot. the yeah. end of
0: the first act as well, isn't it? Uh, yes, like, like halfway, halfway through, story, isn't it? Like, yeah. The whole blowjob
2: bit. I think that's one of Quentin Tarantino's best. But I think quite low of him. (laughs) I really like that film, but I think it takes
0: far too long to get to the building, to get to the Mm. haberdashery. You'd almost fifty minutes before they get there. It it.
2: It would almost feel like. A more exciting film if it was just like they're there and we yeah. don't know why
0: and everything else. Oh, but then you
3: don't get all the setup with the latter I mean, and they, the... they
0: want you on side. Well, I mean, Samuel you could Jackson. do those things in I different
3: suppose, ways, but i like it. it. I, I liked it. Yeah, I
0: thought it was good. He also says, uh, PS, more football manager. <laughs> I, that's all we're in caps, by the <laughs> way. I loved hearing about Dale's son, Donovan. He's a good lad. Donovan <laughs> uh, to the edge. I don't know shit about soccer, but I love the segment. There we
2: go. That's mad. I don't know what you're getting out of that. Do you know, <laughs> um, I should point out. Because it's hard to find, but if you look on the IGN uh, website for last week's episode... <laughs> is it last week or the week before? was yeah, like two weeks. Um, I mean. The Donovan driver episode. Uh, I found a picture on Facebook of a 19-year-old Dale and put it on the Donovan profile. Yeah, it's a very really horrible <laughs> picture. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. It's Dale <laughs> looking fucking mean with a cigarette.
0: Donovan Ooh. Donovan update, by the way. He's out on loan again. Is this he? season. Yeah. Where's just, he gone? So I brought him back at the end of the season and I had the Champions League final. Amazing why did you give me that look then no amazing <laughs> okay. well done to you uh, on, on your Champions mobile League version final, you having fun thought, with that I thought fuck it make his debut the Champions League I final.
3: heard your words when I was away saying oh he, he plays the PC version he goes the easy route nonsense <laughs> I didn't say no, that he said he was going the easy route no you said I was he said oh he picks up the... you said uh, I've I don't play as hard teams I've hit people like Spurs Oh yeah that is true I was Coventry mate Uh, Well I've got some news for you I've started a new career Spurs (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy at the moment
2: Kevin Nuss has this to say along um, that was quite a good segue well done Dear IGN UK team especially Cardi and Dale Cheers mate (laughs) Greetings from Arizona USA I've been a massive soccer fan my whole life, but given the relative obscurity of Football Manager in the United States, I've always just had yearly FIFA incarnations to satisfy my digital footy itch. I love that phrase. sounds like someone's hacked in and given you an athlete's foot. Until now! (laughs) after hearing uh, that's going to peak isn't it after hearing Cardi and Dale gush over their respective football manager exploits I decided to finally give it a go and I was immediately hooked I've taken control of SC Freiburg a Mm. mid to I love it that's an interesting choice a mid to low table side in the Bundesliga (laughs) Bundesliga. since I studied there for a year in college and it seemed the logical choice that makes sense you said makes sense just as he said logical choice Mm. I'm happy to report that I've led the squad to two consecutive top 10 finishes in a very tough league yes here's the problem Uh this work Uh takes significant this work takes
0: significant (laughs) time
2: and when I've been on the computer for a few hours my lovely girlfriend tends to ask what the hell are you doing over there And then he says, "Bolstering up the midfield for a tough stretch against Bayern and Dortmund, which yeah. doesn't seem to cut it, as an acceptable answer." Mm. Please help me explain to her why this needs to be my part-time job until the lads start seeing real success in <laughs> Europe.
3: Come I in, think, uh, do you know doomed. what? Top ten finishes are good, but I think what would really win around is a top six finish and a Europa League place. I think, I think that would really should be on board because at the moment, maybe she's not interested in <laughs> you Germany. Think that would get her on yeah, board. Yeah, but you know, as soon as you've got trips to Monaco coming and places like that. I think it's all wanna, coming in. I think you want dro-
2: drop an ultimatum on that board. Say, I'm up and coming. I'm a young Klopp at Mainz. I'm getting out of Freiburg. I'm going to move up to, let's say, Schalke.
3: <laughs> They're
2: going to give you a bigger contract. Mm. Money.
3: Take her on holiday. I can hear the winds. They're taking me to Gelschenkirchen. Oh, imagine <laughs> <laughs>
0: Any uh, tips, Dale? What does, what does your fiancé think of Full oh, Manager? <laughs> do what I do. Play the mobile version on your commute and then my fiancé never even knows I play it. <laughs> <It's like laughs> until, a... until I told her about Donovan, of course. Yeah. <laughs> or do
3: what I do and sit at home alone and no one cares. <laughs> You're a dirty little secret, boy. Yeah. Creep mm. me out, that. Mm. Cardi finishes off, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, I won't say it. Uh, this is from Bruce Harrison. He says, hey dudes, you may or not, may, or may not remember me, but I wrote in at the end of last year of a story about me being a dick to Chris O'Dowd. I do remember Ooh. you. It was funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, I work with 3D printers <laughs> yes. and I can explain how they work in a way that hopefully won't bore the pants off you. This I don't is, remember this conversation. Uh, this is because I was 3D scanned to be
2: turned into a statue being strangled by a scorpion. Oh. Uh, and uh, we were wondering how it would 3D print my arms, which were facing down like this. Any
3: update on when we're seeing that? Nope. Weeks, (laughs) apparently. Okay. Well, here we go. Here's how it works. Basically, the prints use two different kinds of material, a solid build material and a dissolvable support material. Dissolvable? The machine prints the parts off in a big block, then you wash the print in a type of acid. The acid dissolves the support material, leaving the build material in place. That's clever. That's how you can print movable parts like bike chains and cots, etc. Hope that helps. Without being too complicated, I think that was a very good yeah. explanation. Bruce, you're a legend.
0: How like load bearing are they though? I wonder how much weight <laughs> oh, they can take. Like go. Factory down. back. Imagine all these arms and this just this little strand that can be dissolved by acid. How solid is that? How solid, that we yeah. how solid <laughs> is a build strand. material? You know. No, we're talking about the bit in between the support.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no okay. isn't he saying it's like printed in the build material with the support material around it is it like a web I would guess that yeah, and then it's, it's just like, I thought it was like one washes little, it down with
3: the acid I think strip. we need diagrams slash yeah. a time lapse I think Bruce <laughs> <laughs> I think Bruce should uh, 3D print all of us that seems like a lot of time money print. and a waste of it all
0: 3D print Donovan driver in a Coventry City kit please. yes please <laughs>
3: are you going to do sketches of him or are we just taking your 19 year old Facebook it, uh, photo And you could do that or I
0: could let his who is it Bruce I could Bruce. let Bruce's imagination run wild with him see what he can come up brilliant. with brilliant like, amazing oh he's yeah.
3: going to be disgusted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> 3D printing's already not a flattering medium <laughs> no. it's hardly my class I job. get a
0: statue of Donovan he's going on my desk forever
2: well there's that's that's the call out imagine if we got like 30 in the next week (laughs) well thank you for joining me boys thank you for joining me listeners and also Joe Cornish he was nice come back be my mate (laughs) bye bye (laughs)